I'm Leanne Tran, psychologist who's worked with families whose kids don't fit the mould for almost 20 years. I've worked with children for decades, but I know parents are the real change makers when it comes to their kids. Having three kids of my own means I know it's not easy. Parent Like a Psychologist is all about simplifying how you support your kids with psychology information filtered through years of experience to take you from overwhelmed to confident. Come on in. Hi, everyone. I am talking with you today about something that's related to one of my favorite hobbies and interests, which is reading. I read a lot. Most people who know me know that. And I like to read you know, fiction, books and novels for my own enjoyment, but I also enjoy reading a lot of uh, non-fiction books. So a lot about children, um, child development and parenting, as well as sometimes those self-help books. And I read probably two or three books a month. And in part, that is because I listen to a lot of audio books. And so spending my time driving from the kids to their school activities and sport and also from school to work gives me a chance to listen and learn that way. The other thing I guess is that I mentioned cricket last in last or maybe two episodes ago Uh, and I hate to say that I'm not always watching intently from the sidelines. Sometimes I am sneakily reading a book and rely on um, a well-meant elbow from a parent sitting next to me when my child has done something of note on the field. So that is another time when I get to do a lot of reading. I'm wanting to talk today about a book called um, Hold On To Your Kids. It's by uh, Gordon Newfield and Gabor Mate. Sorry if I've just held that in front of the microphone and you've got a big, you know, bad noise. Um, This book is one that is really meaningful and has a lot of really great insights for parents, Um, but I think it's not one that's easy to read. So in that way, I think it's, uh, that's why I want to talk about it today. Um, But it's really, really you know, it's had an impact on me um, and um, that's, you know, that's, I, I'm a person who does a lot of reading about books and children, so uh, not reading about books, reading books about children and parenting. Um, and so if I've learned something from it, I think that's a really great thing. It's It talks about, um, well, it says on the front that by, you know, subtitle, why parents need to matter more than peers And so it's about, um, it's an attachment-focused book about what parents can do to try to maintain that um, healthy attachment with their kids that is the thing that puts us um, in that role of mentor and guide for our children. And so um, the authors talk about the challenges of when that isn't working out and kids turn to their peers as role models and guides rather than looking at um, their parents in that role. So um, hold on to your kids. I want to talk a little bit about um, 
attachment first. And I think that sets the scene to understand why the where the book can be helpful for you. Um, I'm going to use my hands to talk. So if you're on YouTube, you'll get this easily. For those listening on the podcast, um, I will try to explain what I'm doing with my hands. Um, and this explanation was given to me by my, one of my supervisors, Melissa. So shout out to her for um, helping me see it in this really easy way and where the books, um, this book in particular, sits in the context of that attachment and, and good relationship parents have with kids. So I do the, I'm trained in the Circle of Security program, which is one that really helps parents reflect on um, that attachment relationship they have with their kids. It's, it reflects attachment as a little bit of a dance that we do um, between parent and child. And the circle itself, so the circle of security is based on a circular model, which I am displaying with my hands right now. And the idea is that if, if you put your hand out as though it's holding something precious, that is the secure base and that's what you provide for your children. When they are babies, they stay in that space. They need you for everything, um, eating, sleeping, you know, burping, nappy changes, everything they're reliant on you for. And as they get older, kids kind of come out of that secure base to explore the world. That's natural. It's how they learn it's, and it's preparing them for the future when they'll be independent. And so what happens is they leave this secure base, they go out into the world and explore, and then there'll be a time when naturally they need to come back to you for some reassurance and, and to be back in that um, warm little nest type place again. And so it's very much like follows the circle of that. Um, this book, Hold On To Your Kids, is really about <clears throat> relationships um, that where what you're having trouble with is that bit of keeping the kids in with you and safe with you down the bottom. So it might be that your um, child has a lot of independence and, and they're quite confident and out on their own. And um, sometimes we mistake that for not needing us, but kids do still need us to be that safe anchor for them. And if you're having trouble keeping that um, strong, this is the place the book, um, this is the, the place that that book addresses. And so um, I've got a review of the book on my website in the blog and think I've said it's for you as a parent if you feel like you've lost that inability to influence your child um, and feel like no matter what you're trying, you can't guide them anymore. Um, so it's, I mean, I was going to say, so you, your child's kind of not listening to you. They all do that at some point. But if you feel like you've lost that influence and, and you can't um Maybe that's where it came from. If you can't hold on to them anymore, that's where this book addresses. And the crux of it comes down to one of my favourite lines in the book, which caused me to pause it or like gasp out loud in my car as I was listening, which is 
you can't feed somebody who is not at your table. For me, that was such a profound way to explain the importance of having a relationship with your child. Um, And to me, that's the part of them being at your table, sitting with you at your table. You can't teach or influence or, or mentor them if they're not there. So it's a metaphor for really having that strong relationship with your kids and that being the really most key part of most other things. And as a psychologist, I work a lot with um, children, obviously, who have a range of difficulties. And often it's that first bit of making sure that they're at your table with you as a parent, that you have this strong bond and can support them. That's what we'll focus on. So this, if you feel like that's not Um, an area of strength for you, your relationship with your child, because it's not your fault, it's not their fault, it's about the relationship or that dance between you, um, then this could be a good place to start. So so I'm just looking to make sure I am covering what I wanted to say. Um, Yeah, so if, if your child's not there at your table I guess it's about being oriented towards you and having that connection with you so that you're their role model um, and their leader if you want to go as far as to say that what can happen sometimes is if you're um, if for whatever reason that relationship's not there kids will start to look at their peers for those relationships Um, and that means then peers can become mentors and role models and and guides for development. Um, It means that the peers become more powerful um, than the parents do in an influence. And um, that's a place that, you know, is really tricky to wind back once it's happened. You can do it. And the book goes on to explain some things that you can do. Um, but I wanted to focus first on what, um, like what impacts that actually has, and then talk about some ways that you can collect your child um, to try to strengthen that bond and relationship. So the book talks a lot about um, the pitfalls of a situation in which your child is looking to their peers rather than to you. For lots of things. Um, and it describes things like, you know, if your child is having difficulty managing their emotions, um, ideally they should be looking to you for support with that because you as an adult are more mature, you have better, you've got skills in that area, you've got unconditional love for them, so you can help them with that. If they're looking towards their peers instead, because that relationship with you is kind of broken down, they're looking towards kids who are also emotionally immature just by the fact that they're kids. Um, And they're looking, so how kids do things and manage emotions, it's, it's not always productive. And so they're not always the role models you want your kids to have. And it doesn't mean that they're bad kids in the way that we think, oh, they're they're a negative role model. It's the fact that if your child's 10 and they're struggling with emotions and they're looking to other kids who are 10, they're just not going to be any better off at being able to help your child. Um, 
they are still learning those skills themselves. And so maturity comes into it as well. If if your child's looking at role models or to be able to know how they should mature and grow up, if they're looking to their peers, they're looking at immature people as role models for maturity as well. So you can see how just looking at peers is not so much about the peers being negative influences themselves, but it's how it's the fact that they don't have those skills yet. Peers too don't have that unconditional love for our kids that we do. Um, And so it means some days, you know, they can be doing things to try to please their peers who then decide to, you know, not give that friendship that day um, because they're only kids themselves and that's what kids do. And so that if your child's having trouble with emotions and they're looking to peers who are kind of, you know, giving and they're not giving and chopping and changing, that's a place of real confusion for your kids. Um, The third point or example I think that is made in the book is good, that feelings of frustration can come from not having this strong relationship with a parent. Kids can be really frustrated with that unmet need for connection um, and unconditional love. So if that's not there for whatever reason, it can be really frustrating and kids can, when kids are frustrated, they tend to be aggressive. That might mean that they are snapping at you, they're yelling at you, they're slamming stuff and it's that frustration underneath that's causing all of that aggression But it has this impact too where um, it's hard to it's hard to unconditionally accept somebody who's snapping at you and yelling at you. Um, And so it has this effect of maybe then turning it into a bit of a cycle that can be hard to break. As always, I say that um, you know, empathy can bring patience. So I think understanding that. Um, can go a long way in improving your patience with um, kids who are snapping at you if this is what's happening for them. I think I like the book because it gives lots of examples um, that are really easy to relate to. Um, But it is, I mean, if you have a look at, well, you probably can't, if you're on YouTube, you can see, but the the information in the book, like it's small text, there's a lot in there. So I think listening to it for me found, I think I would recommend that as a way to do it as a parent. Um, They talk about ways that you can try to create this kind of feeling of attachment and closeness for your kids um, if you're worried you're already starting to lose your influence on them. Um, and one of the things they recommend is to create a village of attachment figures so that the pressure is not all on you. So that can be you, you as a parent, your co-parent, um, aunts and uncles, teachers, that kind of thing. So you can let people in the child's life know that you're trying to really Um, that you've noticed they may be feeling frustrated because they don't have a lot of close adults in their life that they feel they can really talk to. 
And so you want to boost that up for them. I want to I just make a note too that it's not, that's not out of a place of judgment because we always have times with our kids that the relationship kind of goes up and down. And it can be because of development or it, sometimes it's just down to interests. If your child has interests that are very different to yours, it's hard to connect. Um, that's super common with autistic kids as well, that sometimes it's just like it feels really effortful to be interested in their um, area of interest if it's not yours. And so that effort alone kind of comes through as that little bit of disconnection. Um, but it happens across all families, not just neurodivergent. And it, and it, the relationship is a fluctuating thing. So if it's something that you're struggling with, it's not your fault. It's not the child's fault. It's just happening. And these are some things that you can um, do to help. Another thing you can do is try to encourage connection at home because you may um, be in a pattern that's inadvertently or, or like mistaken, well, not that's not the right word, but accidentally encouraging your child to be um, using peers as role models. And sometimes that's because it seems like a really good thing for kids to be um, independent and spending a lot of time with their friends. And it can be, but if it's gone to the point where you're losing your influence, maybe encouraging more things to be done as a family or around the house together could be better than encouraging lots of free time with peers. So how do you do that? <laughs> this bit's a bit tricky because if your kids are already kind of oriented to their friends or, or they're heading that way and you say, hey, let's hang out a lot, <laughs> the answer may well be a no, thank you. Um, and you can't force it. You can't force these things. So sometimes it's about being creative in how you do it. Um, the other thing too is that you might feel a little frustrated because your child's fallen into that habit of, of if they're frustrated, doing those things like snapping at you. But in the book, um, the authors detail some really clear ways that you can do this thing they called, which uh, they call, sorry, collecting your child. Um, and that is a way to try to, they're basically these attachment-based behaviours that are going to encourage the relationship, but it's in a way that's not kind of trying to force the quality time, which can end up in blow-ups and, and that kind of thing. So in, um, in the book, they do say how to hold on to your kids or reclaim them. Collecting our children, some of the examples are things like get in your child's face <laughs> or, or space, but in a friendly way. So those that first one, get in their space, is a way to try to be physically affectionate with your children. Um, just as a matter of routine and habit. So you're, you're building up that attachment and closeness just by doing these frequent small little things of being in their space daily. So an example is um, hugging goodbye every morning as they go to school, 
um, saying hello when they come back to the house. Um, if you're watching online, I don't know what that thumbs up thing is that happens in the video. My child has, um, you know, played around with my Zoom settings and I get random thumbs up emojis. Don't you love kids? <laughs> um, anyway, so how you do it, collecting them. So they might not want a big kiss and a cuddle goodbye um, when they leave for school. Could be uh, your hand on their shoulder or a high five um, or a fist bump. Collecting them in the afternoon It's not just picking them up, but collecting them in the way of little cuddle, um, touch on the tussle of the hair on the head or hand on the back of their shoulder. Just say, hey, you're home. Nice to see you. Or, you know, how are you? Do you want afternoon tea? Whatever it is. So those little bits of getting in their space um, builds up that positive connection um, really well. Another suggestion they make is um, providing something for your child to hold on to. So it can be something of yours that's, um, I guess they, they describe it as when kids are little, it's holding their hand and that kind of thing. And so just by a child holding your hand, they know you've got them, you're safe, you're literally being held on to. So is there something of yours that they could hold on to, um, to make that connection? I wonder if it's, um, you know, something special to you that you might be able to, to let them have and to hold on to. I do this sometimes in the past with, um, you know, one of my kids who had trouble with separating at school and it was having something of mine so that they could hold on to it um, during the day and it would make them think of me but know that they were going to see me again later. Um, so something like that. And the third suggestion is um, acting as the child's compass point, it says. So in that way it's about... Um, you still being the person who orients them towards the world. So when kids are little, for example, if you're taking them to school, maybe it's the first year um, or, you know, first day new teacher, you orient them by saying, you know, this is your teacher and you help them introduce each other, maybe find where their bag goes and put it down and, and that kind of thing. So they know that even when they're apart from you, you are the one who's kind of that um, anchor, the compass point that orients them to the way to go. This for older children might be um, things more like telling them about the plans for the week, who's going to pick them up, drop them off, um, what they're doing after school, weekends. So you are still that central anchor point that's guiding them through. I feel like from podcasts, it's, you know, sometimes the, it, you get great ideas when you listen, but putting them in place is a little bit tricky. So I do have um, a fact sheet on this stuff that breaks it down into more details, but also gives some um, practical examples of what you can do. And so I will tell you the link for that it's going to be on the free resources section of my page um so if you have a look on there you'll find this and the guide of how to do it um you're welcome to download that because i think it's 
you know, if it's a new concept too, you just won't remember enough to be able to put it into practice. So I think that's a great way to be able to do it. The book also talks about what to do once if your kids are already oriented to um, their peers instead. And it talks about um, preventing it. And so pretty much, you know, if things have gotten quite tricky and and going pear-shaped, what you can do um, to try to rectify things. And so I'll include, um, that's not in the fact sheet or the um, document, but I will add that because, um, you know, that, that way you've, you've got an idea about what to do should it happen. And sometimes it's good to read it before it happens so that you're prepared. But if you've got any questions about it, you know, feel free to get in touch because um, as I mentioned, this one is probably, you know, it's a little bit tricky to read. So I'm really happy to um, talk it through with anybody. I should mention too, it's also got a postscript for um, the digital age. So how to hold on to kids in the era of internet, mobile phones and video games, um, which is a great update because um, that means, you know, kids can be at home, but still oriented to their peers through all that stuff. So in summary, really great book um i think it i think it's worth reading or trying to listen to it try maybe borrow from the library and see what you think if it's good for you or not um but if you want more information head to the free resources um uh page on my website which is um leantran.com.au and um find it there all right leave it to you um if you start it hope you enjoy the book and let me know what you think if you do Thanks again for joining in. Thanks for listening to this episode of Parent Like a Psychologist. If you found it helpful, please share on Instagram so other parents can benefit too and tag me at Leanne Tran Psychology so that I can say a big thank you. Head over to leannetran.com.au to join the village for bite-sized psychology tips straight to your inbox. I really hope this podcast has brought a new perspective and you a step closer towards a calm parent and a thriving child. Have a delightful day.